Here we go. Ba, 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 ba. All right. Experiment. How did it work out? Do we know? We'll find out. All right. We'll find out later. So we're trying to figure out how we um, how we can not sit here and look like fools looking at each other and saying nothing while the intro music plays. And like maybe like a wiser person would edit in the intro music. Just record it once. Plug it in at the beginning of not each video. Too. I don't really I don't really want to have to learn how to do that. So I do everything the hard way. And it's like more punk rock too, you know? It's like everything's in the moment. It's fucking improvised. Yeah. It's one thing you gotta know about this podcast. It's improvised. Yeah, man. We're like, uh, who is the lead singer of... Huey Lewis. Psycho Killer. What is that? What is that, What is that band even? It sounds like 1980s music to me. Yeah, it's like... Psycho Killer. CB, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's I a like. good song. <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever it is, it's a good song. So I heard it. I heard a song on the radio the other day, and I've heard it before, but it, I didn't know who it was. It, it was the happens. It was the Killers. Yeah. Uh, it was an older song. Do you have any idea what I, would it be on the radio? Mr. Brightside. How does it go? And that, the chorus. I'm Mr. Brightside. <laughs> okay. Well, fuck. Point is, I was listening to it, and I was like, God damn, this is good. I like this. And uh, somebody told me. You had a girlfriend. Not that one. No. Not that one. It's probably Mr. Brightside then. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, the point is, so I don't know if I like the Killers. I, I, I think I do because I like the guy's voice. I like uh, like the cadence. Um, some some people will use their voice to carry the the melody, and um, maybe that's because the band isn't great. Uh, usually, the you know the lead guitar will carry the melody. Sometimes people do it with their strictly with their vocals, and I love that. And that's what this song was. You know, he was he was he was singing it with his vocals, carrying the melody with yeah. the vocals. The, the instrumental was simpler, and it sounded less like the recording quality wasn't great. And there's, I like that. There's some of that um, singer carry, like you know, doing a lot of the work there uh, that you would see in something like Panic at the Disco. I feel like when things start to be more heavily influenced by pop, yeah then there's a lot more of the like singing a lot more of the like the american idol type big voice oh, yeah, singing yeah. you know um where i'm not really listen i don't know not that big of that big of a fan while we're talking about the big voice singing yeah it's like it's like anytime you hear somebody sing the national anthem mm. it's like i'm gonna pour every bit of passion into this and hit this scariest note as long as possible and ruin the whole fucking cadence of the song, by the way, just to show you guys how much I love America. This, have you ever seen when Fergie did the uh, national anthem at, I think it was like an All-Star game or something like that? I don't know. It's like the opening of All-Star weekend. Was it terrible? It was terrible. She did this, like... It's not not... Terrible because she has a bad voice or anything, but it was just like cringy. She did this like jazzy kind of version oh, no. of the national anthem. Oh no! Yeah, you. We should look that up. <sighs> yeah, we we can do that now. We can do that now, um, but I'm not gonna at the moment. Yeah. Only because I think I have to share the computer audio. And it's really not that great. I'm trying to figure that out right now on the fly. But listen, <clears throat> it's think... good. It's good for a watch by yourself, though. I would. I would recommend it. Kyle, that's Kyle's recommendation, guys. Um, so if you listen to like Whitney Houston, you know, yeah, bitch can sing, bitch can sing, holy shit, and 
I can't say that's not impressive. And I can't say that that doesn't like lift your spirits when you hear it. It has an effect on you. And, and only certain people can bring that sort of a feeling out of you. It's amazing. But that said, I don't love it. I don't love that bravado. Oh, is that what it's called? Not bravado. Um, what are they? Uh, what's it called? Fuck. It's a word like that. Tapioca. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I don't like. I don't like that. Um, I like when the passion comes through in the music, and it has the opposite effect of a Whitney Houston. What I mean is, when Whitney Houston hits that high note and she fucking, you know, pushes that that note out and it fucking is amazing, it's polished and practiced and beautiful. I like Chris Caraba when he pushes out that passion and his voice breaks and it fucks everything up and he just keeps pushing through it because that's real and authentic and it's not polished and I love that yeah you know what I mean I do know what you mean but my my thing is I think that there's a level where so you picked Whitney Houston and I would say that like a lot of those people who sing like that I don't really like that much Whitney Houston, on the other hand, I think she's actually kind of special. Yeah. For sure. um, so, I, I I really don't remember what else I was gonna say about that. I don't but know. I'm just I have the bodyguard theme song playing in my head right now. Yeah. Which I should probably. Oh, know. and another thing is like the Chris Caraba being like real and genuine. Yeah. Not one. I'm not sure that it is really. It wasn't. It was in 2001. Was it? Yeah. Maybe I think I think he I think he I might think have he, known how to sell a record, you know. Yeah, well, maybe I think he and a lot of people that do that sort of thing, who have been doing it for a long time, recognize the value. People like me recognize recognizing people like me like that, and once you know that, it's like you can you can lean into that, and a lot of, a lot of times they do, especially live. Have you noticed that? They're like crying live. Yeah, you know, like really getting really yeah getting yeah throaty. Yeah. But what happens, man? Fucking makes the hair stand up on my arms. I love it so much. Yeah. And Chris is up there, and he's, he's he's carrying that note too long, and his voice starts failing on him. And even when it's like over the top, intentional, oh man, the spirit flows through me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh yeah, man. I remember. I, I remember the days. That's a weird way of putting it. The spirit flows through me because it sounds like something that should happen at church, and I never felt that at church, not once. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe once or twice. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. It's a powerful church service. Yeah. yeah. Music is powerful, um, but n church music doesn't really do that to me. Although I do like some old hymns. We've talked about that, I think. Christian music sucks, man. Yeah. It's just fucking not good. What, what about the 1800s hymns, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate traditional stuff like that more mm -hmm. than like... Uh, man, I hate... I hate being like Debbie Downer, hating things all the time, but like, uh, my mom is a big fan of like contemporary, like Christian church music. Mm, yeah. And it's just so bad, man. It is bad. I do not like it. Yeah. Lift up your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the they, guitar. Mm. They get like the, uh, the over-the-top singing, too, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the worst at church, isn't it? At a contemporary church service. Oh, dude, they go God. off. Damn it! Dude, uh, that's blasphemous, dude. That's like borderline blasphemous. <clears throat> it might not even be borderline. Lord, I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, they definitely... They get some people up there who are showing off, you know? 100%. They're not... 
you know, maybe they're up there worshiping the Lord. Maybe that's a part of it. But they're showing off too. You know? <laughs> they are showing off. They're they're. It's like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's like a resume every week. You know, like come watch me rock out. You know. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, my wife <clears throat> and uncle they have that particular church they go to. It's kind of an unusual church, and um, the rabbis there. Kind of an unusual church. Christian Christian church with rabbis, and they um, there's like an older. Rabbi, and then there's that that rabbi's son. Okay. Yeah. The older rabbi plays the drums during the uh, during the music, nice. and the young rabbi uh, sometimes he'll get up and sing like the lead. He'll carry the songs. He'll he'll lead the songs. He's the one guy in the, with the microphone leading the songs. You know what I mean? And he does this thing. He's a good singer. He's got a good voice. Um, he does this thing where he every time you think the song's going to end, he keeps it. He, he starts over. He loops yeah. back to the beginning of the chorus. But he does it like four or five times at the end of the song. What he does is he slows it down. Yeah. He just totally riffs this thing, forcing the people playing instruments to continue <coughs> going on. It's like, when is this guy going to stop? He's When he stops singing, then I guess that's our cue to stop playing. He This motherfucker just keeps going on and on. And it's just like slowing it down and repeating the same couple words over and over and over again. And everybody in the everybody in the, in the service is, you know, got their eyes closed and their hands up. And they're just like jamming with him as he's doing it. And I see it as showing off. You yeah. know, I'm like, this guy, come on, man. Come on. Let's go. The song is now seven minutes long, you know? Yeah. Let's move well, on. Next to song. To be fair. Next song. To be fair. Yeah. You know, you were just talking about how you felt that way at a concert, you know, but you didn't feel that way at church. Well, that might move some people, you know? Yeah. That, like, right. continued... It's almost like... Um, like a mantra? You know, yeah, it almost like brings you into some kind of a state. If you're like really into it, you know, if you're like really giving yourself over mm-hmm. to that like drawn out song, you know, towards the end of it, you might be feeling kind of like, you yeah. know, one with the universe. Why have? Why do I not feel that way in church? Because I don't. Because well, one of the things that I just said is you do kind of have to like let yourself do it. So you know. You have to... You have to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit before you can swim in the... I don't think it's a matter of drinking the Kool-Aid. I think it's a matter of... Set and setting. Put your mind in the right spot. You're just going to keep throwing things like, is is this what you mean? Is this what you mean? Dartboard? Yeah, dude. Um, Yeah, kind of all of that. I don't know. Um... It sounds like you're saying I'm that I, I haven't done my share to have the proper experience. You might be right. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. I don't know. Like if I went to if I went to church, and I thought to myself, "Well, how long has it been since you like really did that?" Ages. And maybe never. And back then, maybe never. You didn't really take it as seriously, you know, yeah. like the the idea these sorts of ideas, you know, and especially the idea that something valuable could be found at a place like that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think that you might be able to. I. Oh man, I still kind of feel like. That I still kind of feel like it's difficult to find value in church. No, I don't. Isn't that weird? I don't at all. I don't. I, but by that, you, do you mean the social components of having a community and uh, that kind of thing, or do you do you mean spiritual growth? Because I don't. I don't. I have never both. Yeah. 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 Um. So I, I don't know why it would be, but. Maybe it's arrogance a little bit on my part. Is that uh, I feel like preachers? Maybe they have to. 
they, they preach to the lowest common denominator. And I don't consider myself to be the lowest common denominator. It's like uh, Josh Hamilton and I had this conversation. You a need couple, to go to better times. preachers, probably. Maybe. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, you're going to give a simple message. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. You know? I can get a simple... I can... I can I can recreate that with, with far less effort than it took me to get dressed to wake up early and come to church and sit there for, you know, an hour and a half. I mean, it's, you know, waking up early. I'm up the early, that early anyways, you know? Yeah. But. <clears throat> so have you had spiritual growth at church then, Kyle? Is that what you're telling me? Um, yeah, in some ways, yes. But I, in, mostly what I mean when I say that is that I could see in a circumstance where it was like a good situation for it, I could see it happening. I could see it being very uh, conducive to it. Yeah. It reminds me of that scene from Homeland. When you never watched that show. Oh, shit. You know the actors, right? Yeah. Claire Danes and the red-headed fellow? Yep. Uh, I don't know his name. Um, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. So there's a scene where you find out, obviously he's been uh, held captive in Afghanistan as a, a prisoner of war for like eight years or something. He's been there for a long, long time. Yeah. Long enough where he, he, he had to kind of uh, acclimate to the culture, you know? And he adopted um, Islam, right? And that's the big secret in the first season. It's like the prisoner of war that finally comes home. Muslim. Spoiler alert, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen Homeland from 2004. He's a Muslim. Yeah, so you find out he's, that he he's converted. And everyone's like, how, you know, you're, you're being enslaved and, and mistreated for years by these people who worship the, this way and you adopt it. But what you just what you just described is like <coughs> excuse me is that people will find value pe people will find an interpretation you know in uh, religion it doesn't really matter what kind right they'll find what they need if if they're if they have to right if the situation is such that, that in this case this guy could find no comfort apart from in God and the God that was um, all around him, the guy that was available to him for years and years and years was Allah, you know? And he found comfort in that and adopted it and found a way of, you know? So it's like the little old lady at church that's like super spiritually enlightened by it and got her eyes closed, her hands in the air, you know, she's found a way to make that valuable for her and I have not, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means, but I think that's, that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably. Do you want it? Uh, do I want what? That like in you know the oh the experience of you know having a church be like an important part of your your you know enlightenment mm -hmm. or whatever. I'll tell you what I what I do what I would like. And that little old lady that I'm describing, you know who she is. Her name's like Gladys or like Ethel. Yeah. And uh, you know she 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 tips real big at the offering plate, and it means a lot to her. Tips. And she's there. She's there. You know she's getting down. She's having a spiritually uplifting experience. She's having a mystical experience. I bet you some form of that. She can go every Sunday and reliably have one. I would like that. Yeah. But do I want to go to church for that? No. Do I want to have to listen to somebody else's? Interpretation of scripture? Not particularly. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. But you, but you might be right. If I had a, if I had a better preacher to listen to, mm -hmm. then that might change my perspective. 
you might want to, uh, if you're interested in that and you you really do want that, you might want to look into like some uh, some Catholic priests or something because they're, you know, very studied. That's the thing. Yeah. You want somebody who uh, knows the history, who yeah. studied it deeply, who knows the languages a little bit. Good luck. Good luck with that. If you're talking to an evangelical preacher, good luck with that. How much How much ancient Greek do you know? Yeah. You know. <clears throat> True. I, I I've never been impressed by a preacher um, before. Really? Not really. That's probably arrogant to say. Never, huh? I just th- maybe not never. That's not fair. But the point the point is the point is. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. Um, if I if I, if it was an, if it was an impressive personality, you know, with somebody that was clearly more, you know steeped in it. And I might take him more seriously. But it just seems like, I don't know, man. It seems like when you go and listen to a sermon, it's always a moral lesson. You know? It's always about how you should behave and what you should be afraid of. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I know what you mean, but I've been to plenty of church services that weren't that, too. So <clears throat> I would like the preacher to talk about the mystical side of religion and what kind, yeah. of, what kind of experience is possible if you are disciplined in a certain way, spiritually, mentally, whatever, psychologically, however you want to frame it, it's like you know, there's a, and like there's there are Christians that are like that. There are Christians that are like, they seem to be satisfied or happy in a way that other people aren't. You know, like you notice it. You know, and yeah. and sometimes they have a way of talking. By the way, uh, Josh Hamilton sometimes is is uh, like that for me. Um, that nobody else talks like that. You know. And that can be off-putting. Sometimes it's off-putting, you know. Uh, he'll yeah. say he'll say things like, um, "Now, now I'm on the spot. I won't be able to come up with all these little phrases." Yeah. Um, you know, people. Sorry talk, if I'm distracting you. People, yeah. people, <laughs> people talk about their about their spiritual lives or your spiritual journey, and it's like most people don't have any idea what you mean by that. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs> you know. It means something different, I think, to everyone who says it. It's indistinguishable from, like, maturing. And, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, you... you... <coughs> Sorry, guys, I'm coming down with something. You're maturing uh, psychologically. You have a different perspective because of it. You have different life experiences. And, you know, it's like... Tell me how you feel about this. You know how when we were younger and the testosterone was flowing and we had problems with anger? You know, we had more oh, instances yeah. of being angry? Oh, yeah. less ability to control I was angry. an angry young man yeah yeah and that stuff is chemical you know and then we think about ourselves like oh we were uh, we weren't disciplined we didn't have control over ourselves right and then we get a little older and we think now I'm in control now I'm in control bitch your testosterone levels fell 50% since you were that age that's why you have control you know what I mean we don't have control but we, but I, I we literally take credit for it. Like now, I've matured to the point where I, I've harnessed well, the, the demons. That I mean, there's obviously truth in what you're saying, but there is some level of control too. Like I mean, is there? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um. Because I could. Okay, so my my testosterone levels are obviously not what they were when I was like fifteen. Right. Uh, probably you know? not. Probably not. Um, but my testosterone levels are also still high enough that like 
I could get myself into plenty of trouble that I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's there is some level of, um, you know, yeah, control. That, that could be, and it could be, it could be a perception of control. You know. I don't think it is. I, I don't. I don't buy that because, like, it would be so easy, and you know, I, I don't know. I just don't buy it. It's just not clear to me which it is. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's not clear to me if I develop mastery over myself in some way I didn't have when I was 15, or if my chemicals have have you know calmed down, and so I think that I have better. I don't know which it Do is. Do you feel like the chemicals have calmed down though? Yes. I don't in some ways. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because, like, movies make me cry. <laughs> you know, sometimes. Okay. That didn't ever happen well, when you're, I was I, Well, I also have to consider that you, you're a father, so yeah. you got the extra, you know, you get get a little uh, soft. You do. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard this probably on Joe Rogan. I heard this somewhere, that when you have a child, when a man has a child, their testosterone level falls by 50% almost immediately after the child's born. So the mother has all this oxytocin flowing through her to make her feel attached to the child and, you know, to deal with all the, you know, difficult parts of being a mother. And, uh, and men have this similar reaction where our testosterone levels tank. And, ev- and from an evolutionary perspective, the idea is, <laughs> the idea is that, uh, you're going to be better taken care of, right? If you have, uh, the father present in the household. Yeah. Or if the father's available to hunt and provide for the family, you're going to be better off if the man sticks around, right? So evolutionarily, we're we have designed ourselves to have this huge fall of our testosterone levels, so that we're less likely to go chasing tail, right? And we're more likely to stay with our make sure everyone's fed. And, exactly, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of brilliant on nature's part. It's like we're going to dial down the horny drugs so that this guy sticks around. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I don't know why I started telling you that. I lost the trail. You're talking about breadcrumbs. Controlling yourself. Think about how many guys don't, though. You know, like how many guys get their their lady pregnant, they have the baby, and like he's out there, you know, plowing strange fields immediately. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's also an evolutionary, uh, yeah. uh, you know, true force. Procreate. I just think there's different types of survival mechanisms. We talked about this. I think that there's a, even with fellas, with gentlemen, there's one survival strategy, which is spread the seed far and wide. Yeah. There's another survival strategy that's, you know, have fewer kids, but stick around and, and uh, you know, make sure that they're the best offspring with the best chances of survival. And, you know, both of those strategies are effective. Women do it too, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. So what else is going on? Um, had my family in for Thanksgiving. So yeah, so we had a little, uh, kind of a large break from the podcast, right? I think we missed, maybe we missed two Sundays in a row, but I we definitely so, missed yeah. a Sunday and a Wednesday. Um, so I didn't come up with anything on my solo podcast and we didn't get together partly because, uh, my family came down for Thanksgiving and we had a bunch of shit going on, but I got to see my mom and dad. Haven't seen him in a while. My brother came, got to see him. That was nice. nice. Uh, he hadn't seen the podcast studio, and he listens obviously every week. So he came down here, and he was like, "This is not what I expected." He was really, yeah, he was very impressed. He was like, "You you built this?" Nice. I was like, "I had it built." Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't build it. I was like, "I painted it." <laughs> you think we could build this? 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we I don't think we would have any trouble building this. I don't this. think we would either. As far as the framing and the drywall goes, um, the electric. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a different. That's story. a different story. Uh, I've never put down tongue and groove floor before. It looks pretty easy. You'll probably watch a YouTube video and figure it out. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I mean, we said that electric is different. I feel like you might be able to figure the electric out on YouTube too, but it's just dangerous. It is you dangerous. Know? Yeah, yeah. You can figure out anything out on YouTube. Pretty much. So much easier to see somebody do it. You, you ever notice, like, somebody sends you, like, a, you got to put something together, like a table or whatever, and it comes in pieces. Um, if somebody sends you directions, instructions, and you have to read them, it takes me forever to figure out what I'm meant to do. But if I could just watch a two-minute video of fast motion, somebody putting it together, if I see it, I, I'm fucking perfectly capable of following that, yeah. you know, uh, example but if I have to read the steps I'm like what in the fuck does he mean yeah that ever happened to you yeah it does um, at work I get drawings of what they want me to make yeah and I have to you know figure it out and make the right thing based on that drawing you know there's no like steps it doesn't say do this do that then do this then do that right it's just a picture, and it's like, make it look like that. Make it look like that. Um, and, you know, it's got, like, so it'll be, like, something, like, a, a four-by-six-inch piece of, like, angled iron. And, uh, you know, I have to cut it to eight inches long, and then I have to punch holes in, you know, two holes in one side of it. And the holes have to be, like, on the four-inch side, like, I don't know, like an inch and a half down from the top. Mm. And... Know two inches over from each side. That's, that's where the holes are. Yeah. So I just had to like figure it out. Yeah. Lay it out. You know. How long does it take you to figure it out? Not that long. See, I have a really difficult time visualizing those sorts of things. So as an example, if I ever had to cut like a, a molding, like for the floor baseboards, in mm-hmm. the corners you have to cut forty-five degree angles. Oh yeah. I I I, I cut things to miters all the time at work, yeah. and it's. It can be confusing. Dude, I, I can't tell you how many times I look at it. I look at the board. And you're okay, like, yep. It needs to be like that. I go to the saw. I cut it. I bring it back. I'm like, what in the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's completely wrong. Yeah. And I'm 100% confident when I make that cut. Yeah. Like, this is the right cut. There it is. Wrong. Yeah. I do that kind of stuff, but I'm doing it with like 12 by 12 steel beams, um, like hollow steel beams. And mitering is confusing, man. I, every time I have to cut a miter, I'm always worried that I'm going to fuck it up. Especially when it's like, if it's something that, if I'm cutting something where we have tons of the material, it's not really that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. But if it's like, we ordered a specific amount of this material for this job, if you fuck up the cut, you know, I, I it's nerve wracking. So I, I, the only thing that comes to my mind, like comparable, is my youngest daughter, she had a double ear infection. Ooh. And the doctor sends her antibiotics. And my youngest daughter, for those people who have heard me talk about her on the podcast, you know this, she's a spitfire and she doesn't abide bullshit. She's unruly. And, and some sort of liquid antibiotics for her. Not happening. Bullshit. No. She's like, what in the hell? So anyway, I try to, the doctor sends me only so much, right? Only it's not so extra. Much. Yeah. It's not extra. It's like, this is how much you give her every day until it's gone. So I give it to her in a little fucking cup. She's she's three years old. She's she's as likely to throw that cup up in the air as she is to drink it. And she's like refusing to drink it. Yeah. And 
she she'll fuck around and if you try to force her, she'll spit it out all over the place. Then and it's, and, it's and, if you, and if you get if you get like more aggressive than that, you try to like you know double force her, she will throw it up and look at you in the face like you shouldn't have fucking made me do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and That's it's badass, yeah, kind man. of. The thing is, I couldn't afford to have yeah. her spill it because yeah. I needed it. You know, it was a rough parenting situation, man. What'd you do? Just like I got really stern with her. Yeah. Um, did you punch her? No, she got spanked. She got she got spanked. Oh, okay. She, you know, and Stefan Mullen is very disappointed in you. Well, you know, Stefan Mullen who can <clears throat> suck a dick. Sorry, I'm just no. Listen, know, I, being I, honest, I like Stefan in, in lots of ways, but uh, he he didn't raise my youngest daughter. Yeah. The thing is, I never had to do that with my oldest daughter. She's never been spanked. Maybe never. Maybe never. Dude, he would be berating you, belittling you right now. He'd be like, "So you, your daughter is smarter than you? You're, like, <laughs> you, you're, you're telling me that you're, you're how old is she? Three. You're telling me that your three-year-old daughter can beat you in a negotiation, and you'd be, I mean, I you would know. say my three-year-old daughter is not capable of negotiation. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it took like three rounds of discipline, three rounds of discipline, and saying like, you know. You got to drink this. It's important, you know. I did the negotiations. I did everything I could to peacefully manage this. Eventually, it's time for the Macho Man. I'm not listening. I'm not saying. I'm not saying I took a switch off the tree outside. This wasn't. This was. This was not a a a dramatic event. But it took three back-to-back attempts to say, "Here's the punishment. This is what I need you to do." She refused to do it, so I delivered the punishment. Now, do you see what happens? This is what you need to do. You know, refuse punishment. Do it again. This is what you need to do. And finally, begrudgingly, she she's like, fine, you know? Yeah. And as soon as she drinks it, she's like, oh, it tastes like a cake pop. Never had any issues after that, you know? It was just sheer stubbornness. Yeah. And now, if if Stefan Molyneux can negotiate with that three-year-old and get her over the hump, good luck. Because my wife tried for 45 minutes before I had to intervene. Yeah. And it was maddening to me as a father. Because I see the girl not obeying her mother, which she must do must do because at some point if she doesn't listen to me she's going to get hit by a car i'm going to say no and she's going to not listen to me like she always does and something very bad is going to happen not listening to her parents is not an option nope and i'm sitting there watching my wife losing that battle because she's refusing to to be the totalitarian dictator that a father needs to be from time to time with certain types of kids anyway and i just have this like deeply instinctual part of me that's like you must act like if you don't do this the three-year-old's the boss what'd you do this whole thing is fucking backwards and i I get angry and angry and angry and i'm like can i step in now can i step in now can i step in now you know but the point is the wife was not happy about me stepping in it's just like when you're trying to like open up the wrapper on something and you can't get it and you can't get it. And someone's like, let me help you with that. And you're like, fuck off. I'm yeah, going to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's how she was. I'm like, let me do it. She's like, fuck off, you know? Um, so, but anyway, she, she finally let me because she couldn't, she couldn't make progress. And I step in and do the thing that she didn't want me to do. And it didn't work at first. I told you it took three times, but it did work. And you have to break a child like a wild stallion. You have to, <laughs> you have to. I believe you. Remember that from Ricky Bobby? No, not yeah. particularly. And Ricky Bobby's mom's, the grandma's. Oh, yes. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You're going to break, gonna break us like wild, like wild stallions, aren't you? Anarchy! That's, um, what it, that's what it was like. Anarchy. Anarchy in the UK. 
I forget what I was going to say. I was going to say you, something about that. What are your thoughts about... I, I mean, there's some sexist... There's some sexist stuff that we talk about in terms of parenting styles, differences between men and women and that kind of thing, but what's your... What are your... I think that women suck at everything. Oh, no, what are your thoughts? Either. They're good at cooking and cleaning. Oh, and what like are your that. thoughts? What are your thoughts about uh, corporal, corporal punishment? About physical punishment like that with kids? Um, I used to be all on board with Stefan Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm still like 99% with Stefan. I, I don't think you should hit your kids very often. I think it should be like a last resort. Oh, of course. You know? Of course, yeah. Um... And I do think that a lot of the reasons that he says for people who don't make it a last resort, a lot of the the excuses that they give are just, like, stupid. It's like, you just don't want to, like, invest the time in, like, teaching your kid, you yeah. know? That can be true, yeah. 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 What about the um, circumcision? Because that's something I remember I'm stepping. against it. I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> I just don't see the reason. <clears throat> Uh, it, stream, it streamlines the penis. You know, it's like the apple design of penises. You take off the foreskin, you got a sleeker, sleeker yeah, design. I think it's, I think it's fine with, with it, not without it, with it. You know, it's all about the, it's all about the packaging, though. You know, how much, how, how satisfying is it to open up a, a pack of ear, ear pods from Apple? You're like, ah. Oh, so isn't that an argument for? Being uncircumcised, if the if, if you consider foreskin to be wrapping paper, yeah, which I don't. I'm saying, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about unwrapping a present, but I'm envisioning it as a dick. I'm in, I'm envisioning unwrapping like a dick. No, goddamn it! I'm envisioning the unwrapping being the like the pants coming down or something. Okay, but there it is, and it's sleek. Uh, no, I mean, Stefan's seen that in videos before. Yeah, once or twice, probably. <laughs> But he used to say, like, you know, you're you're traumatizing your kid. <laughs> fruit flying in the basement. You're traumatizing your kid, and I can like, I can understand that. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, you're you're cutting off skin in a very sensitive place on a baby that can't defend itself. That it's floating around. Everything that's happening to him is against its will, pretty much. You know, people already, psychologists already say that birth is traumatizing for kids. That, you know, that maybe that's a Freudian thing and it's no, no longer thought, but I've heard that before. So, cutting off the foreskin of a little kid, a little baby, and then crying and then all the healing and the pain. It's painful to heal, right? The baby's in a diaper, they pee, they got the, they got the scab. That can't be good. It's got to be really shitty, you know, but kids don't remember that, you know? But, you know, the question is, does it traumatize them? And I'm like, you know what? I can't say that it doesn't. That doesn't sound pleasant. And the kid's never had any experiences before. One of the first experiences the kid has... Cutting the tip of his dick off. Is pain. It's like you get brought into the world and that's... It's fucked up. Yeah, I just don't really... Like I said, I just don't really see much of a need for it. They say, and I don't know... They seem to be pretty full of shit these days. They? Yeah. But they say that it's cleaner. It's like healthier for the... For the boy. Fucking break. <laughs> break. Clean your dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. Uh-uh. I just thought, like, there's... I, I've listened to a few people talk about this sort of thing, and all of the medical reasons for that people give, you know, for pro... What's the word I'm looking for? Circumcision. Yeah. I wanted to say abortion. Uh, before you abort your foreskin... Uh, 
yeah, a lot of the medical stuff, it's like bullshit. Like the this the benefits that they say it gives you, it doesn't really like there's barely any like evidence to show that well, I don't even know what they are, but I don't either. Um it, it's something to do with like cancer. Like you're less likely to get like foreskin cancer or something yeah. like that. Um You're also ninety nine percent less likely to get from under cheese. It's um Yeah. This is a gross conversation. I guess. Do you, do you think that there are that there's some like lasting trauma from an a, a, an experience like that that it's like when you're that little you don't form memories the same way we do as adults so we don't like I can't remember being circumcised obviously I can't remember anything remember. before the age of five you remember yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no I don't I think that you might be able to remember some kind of like you know stress yeah. Um, or that maybe that stress, even if you can't remember it, still has some kind of a subconscious effect on you. Um, but honestly, a big part of me does think that people use that kind of stuff as an excuse. Yeah, it's like I'm a drug addict, but I was circumcised. And I'm yeah, yeah, they cut my dick off. Yeah, yeah. That's why I do heroin. Yep. Yeah, I think they would be cool if they did a study to like see this. How many people do heroin because they got well, circumcised? It's like do a psychological, do a psychological study to see how adults turned out, adult males that t- turned out who were circumcised versus who weren't, and what kind of like psychological state are they in? Likelihood of suicide, likelihood of you know drug addiction. I don't know what else is, are signs of trauma, but that kind of shit. It'd be interesting. It's probably it's probably been done. You could probably look at Jamie. We look up that study for us. Oh, we don't have a Jamie. Who the fuck is Jamie? Joe Rogan's, um... Jamie. Jamie. Vernon, right? Jamie yeah. Vernon. That's Jamie. Right. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the, uh... Protests in China? No. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of it, but I really... I, I don't know. I didn't read the details, which is a shame on me, so let's just wildly speculate here. But the stories that I've seen said that there were large-scale protests, at least in two cities in China, yeah. and it's because of the COVID lockdown rules, the zero um, zero COVID policy they, they have. And apparently, they locked down apartment building, and there was a fire. Oh, fuck. And people died because they were locked down. And so, yeah, the Chinese people are not happy about that. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, when the Chinese people are speaking up, you know things are getting bad because they don't take kindly to that kind of mm-hmm. shit over there, you know? It's yeah. like you keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah, you do. You're like constantly <laughs> under thumb. So if you're speaking up, I mean, that's a risky move. Man. Yeah. But I think that's great. I mean, I think it's encouraging that people would be brave, and, yeah. that, would, and that would inspire other people to be brave. That's encouraging. Yeah, we. You probably thought that about the Arab Spring too. Remember? Yeah. And look how that fucking turned out. Yeah. I do remember... Man, I remember back then. That was like the early days of listening to Rogan. You know? Uh, it was like, oh, man, the Middle East, they're moving forward, you know? And nope. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I say, I remember the idea uh, during that time. The idea was that there were these totalitarian dictators in the Middle East... And the Arab Spring was going to result in a bunch of them being removed, which it kind of it kind of did. Right? Kind of, yeah. Gaddafi and uh, who else? Uh, um, in any case, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, in any case. 
they just got replaced with other dictators, right? Or, or in, in Egypt, it wasn't the military in charge for a while. Maybe they still are. Maybe the new, new leader of Egypt is a military guy. I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a great plan. You know? Yeah. You know, if you're if you hand over the reins to the guys with the guns, what do you expect is going to happen? You know? You're going to keep shooting. You're going to keep shooting, Kyle. That's what they do. I also saw an article about China this morning that said, uh, oh, no, it was about, it was about Europe. That Europe was, uh, I don't know, t- take, taking steps to uh, uh, to Im- implement a social credit system the way that China has it. And there was a lady talking. Uh, yeah, she was talking about. Uh, well, and Kanye said the same thing. He said his Apple Pay got shut down. Did you see that little video? No. Oh man. Right. Oh, so Kanye, man, I have a very different opinion of Kanye than I used to. Welcome to the club, and I'm brother. Willing- and I'm willing to uh, say that I was that I misjudged him. And listen, I do that a lot, man. I'm quick to judge. Sometimes I'm wrong. You know, I was wrong about Kanye, I think. So he 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 tweets this video, and he's like, uh, "Well, yeah, I tried to I tried to use Apple Pay the other day. Turns out they froze all my money. I'm Kanye West. If they can do that to me, what can they do to you?" And I'm like, "Fuck, you're right. If they if they take one of the most popular public figures in American culture." Who happens to also be a multi, multi, multi millionaire, and turn him off, turn off his voice, and turn off his money, motherfucker! That is so scary, man. Do you remember why? He, they, supposedly, he said something anti-Semitic, and I don't even know what that was. Yeah. Do you know what it was? What did he say? <clears throat> so he said he was gonna go Death Con three on the Jews or something like that, um, but. I mean, you know, it's not like he was like, I'm going to kill Jewish people or something like that. And and he never said anything like that. Um, So a lot of it was like interpretation. You just, he said something that was like kind of negative about Jewish people. Did you see Dave Chappelle's SNL thing? Really need to see it. I haven't. Oh, man. What what was the flavor of that? It was basically... It was basically just him, like, kind of defending Kanye. And he, they said, I read, that Chappelle prepared a whole other monologue and yeah, was practicing no it. no way in hell they would have let him do yes, that Yes, what a fucking awesome guy Dave Chappelle is. He practiced a fake woke monologue and then goes out there and says what he really thinks and everyone's like, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It was a good one. God. It was really good. I mean, he says some stuff in there that I disagree with, too, but... I'll have to give it a listen, man. Yeah. So, if if they can turn off Kanye and make it impossible for him to not only do what he wants to do, but live, ultimately. You can't, you can't live without money, right? Uh, if they can do that to him, and then Europe is proposing making... Basically, making that scheme as widespread as possible all across... The European Union, like what in the fuck? Let me ask a question. What are the benefits? What are the possible advantages of that? I mean, it depends on who you're asking. You know, it depends on, I guess, what your goals are. Yeah. What benefits to our daily life? To our daily does that life. Offer. Um. You know. To be fair. I do think that, you know how, 
okay, what am I trying to say here? I, I just, I'm trying to think of like the best analogy possible for this. You know how if you want to use, if you care about privacy and you use something like Brave or, you know, DuckDuckGo, it will give you that privacy, but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles and the really nice, easy features to use that Google does, you right, know? Yep. Like Google's so intuitive, you don't have to do anything. Google just gives you everything you need. Yep. Oh, you need to, you, you Googled this, you probably need directions for it, you know? It's just right there. Yeah. Um, I do think that there will be some level to which people who have high social credit scores have like really easy, they get to do all these like really cool, easy you know ease of use for life things you yeah. know um so the people want to be treated better than everyone else then i got to have a social credit score that's higher than you so i deserve perks like i'm the yeah i get to, i go through the starbucks line quicker yeah so yeah. we already have all that people already fly first class with pre-check they are you know it's like, it's like we already have all that so what are you doing you're just restructuring it so that you can have more control over me and not offer me anything we don't already have um no, I think that there will be things that we don't have. Like the way that, um, I think that it will be more inclusive for people who are, like, n don't have money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like people who follow all the rules and say all the right lines and stuff like that, they will have a level of power that they, they, they will have a... They will have a type of currency, you know what I'm saying? They'll have these social credit points, you know? That matter to who? To society. Mm. That See, to me it's like that you're, you're it's so anti-progressive. It's like you're creating an elite class. You're trying to create an elite class. You're not trying to get rid of an elite class. You're trying to rejigger the rules about what makes someone elite. So today it's... Edu level of education and ability to make money and you know that kind of thing being handsome you know those sorts of things then you're then you have all access to all the privileges and you're elite and you get to think you're better than everybody else now they're saying you know, under this schema they would just say if you toe the line and you do it and you say the things you're supposed to say and do the things you're supposed to do then you can yeah. be arm in arm with you don't see how that's Musk. like valuable for I can see how it's a carrot for people who like status. No, no, no. You don't see how that's valuable for the people at the top. Oh. Well, this is, this is what I was imagining. I was imagining like a party, like a, like a gala, right? And you walk up to the gala and they scan your eyeball and they say, go ahead and go in. And then I walk up there, let's say, and I have a criminal history. And they scan my eyeball and say, you can't come in, you know? We we don't want your type here, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I no, can see, I can no gays allowed. Right, right. <laughs> I, I can see how elitists would like that kind of thing. I can see how people who are wannabe elitists would like that kind of thing. Um, but it also doesn't seem to add anything. It's like we already have doormen. You just want to scan my eyes and control my money for other reasons. We already have doormen, man. You can keep anybody out you want to keep out. Can you, though? It seems that way, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just think that they are looking for, like you said, a higher level of control, you know? Um, and 
I think it's like uh, they're looking to be able to control more, and I think they also want they don't want there to be any like recourse. You know what I mean? You know, if you if you want to do this and you're not allowed to do it because you don't have a high enough social credit score, that's yeah, that's your social credit score. You know, work harder to get it up. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing is like. Who controls that? Yeah. You think that's not going to be the first thing that gets that gets uh, co-opted by the existing elites that we want to... You know what I mean? It's like the people people are going to co-opt that. People are going to get credit score points, right? Because they wield and dealed with somebody that, that can give them to them. Yeah, I mean... And people are going to have them removed who are social dissidents. Even in a, like, theoretically, like, pure version of this, like, how do you raise yourselves? Do you, it's like, you tweet out, I love minorities, and it, like, gives you, a, yeah. like, a couple fractions of a point. Yeah. yeah. You just have to tweet that kind of stuff over and over again. It's a Black Mirror episode, man. Literally was a Black Mirror episode. Was it really? Yeah, man, there was an episode, I, I'm trying to remember, it's like, the people had, oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. The people were, like, playing these video games or something, and they would have to watch commercials to get points. Um, it's like they had to be exposed to advertising in order to get points. And you find out as the episode goes on that those points are life points. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you run out of points, you die. Got it. So it keeps people working like cogs in a machine and keeps people consuming. Because if you don't have the points, you will die. Now that sounds like an episode of The Twilight Zone. It kind of is. But what's the difference between... Your social, your social points going out and your life instantly going out like a horror movie like this show was versus your social credit points going out and you can't buy milk and you starve. What's the difference? Not much. I can't... Listen, this is an, uh, maybe a controversial thing to say, but I have less faith in the institutions in this country than I've ever had in my life. And the last several years have made that worse by a long shot. I don't think even something as fundamental as our elections are are uh, fair. And it's not because I have evidence that they're not fair. It's because the transparency is intentionally cloudy everywhere you look. And people are trying to pretend like it's not even newsworthy. And I am my radars are going off everywhere. And those are the people you want to give a social credit score power of a social credit score system you're going to design it and figure out what's fair you're going to you're going to make it safe you know no way no way and the only way that happens is if is if all of the people let it happen all we have to say is fuck no and they're going to try to make it as appealing as possible mm-hmm. they're going to try to make it like it's what everyone's doing, and it's going to offer you all these advantages. And if you don't do it, you're going to get left behind, and then they're going to force it on you. It's like that's all going to come to pass unless people say, "No way, I will not do that." You know? True. I don't think people will say that though. I think that people are going to be all about it, which means that we're going to have to be all about it. Mm. Well, do you think the? Uh, Cryptocurrency stuff's gonna start falling apart. It seems like it's already starting to fall that's apart. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about crypto to really say. I know that you know the people who are do or die for crypto are like, oh, you know, it's gonna come. It'll be fine. Maybe it will be. I don't know. 
Um, one thing that I can definitely tell you is that I wish that I would have bought some Bitcoin when it was like, you know, one cent, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd be feeling pretty good about myself. You know, it'd be hard to talk shit about Bitcoin yeah. if I had a, a shit ton of money because of it. It's funny. Um, when Bitcoin first, it was in the early days, I can't remember exactly when the early days would have been. I'm guessing this would have been sometime right around 2006 or afterwards because it was right. It was, it was at a certain point in my life. Um, I kind of remember where I was working at the time, like who I was talking to about it. Yeah. And that was when I start, first started getting into libertarian politics. When I first started getting into politics at all, but for me it was about, um, it was about economics mostly, and so I was leaning towards the uh, libertarian stuff. Then Bitcoin comes out, and I start hearing about it, and I was super interested in, in it when it was brand new. And I, I didn't have a lot of money, but I might have been able to invest in it. You know, I was talking about it every day for a while. And I never did, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, you can still get in on it, you know? You buy it, you buy it while it's low, and who knows? You might might yeah. be able to... So I, this, but I, then you have to cash out, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, it dips down again, and maybe it never goes back up, but then you're fucked. I have a prediction about crypto, I think. That it's not going to be... I think every cryptocurrency will fail but Bitcoin. Oh, really? Unless unless there are other cryptos that are... Uh, that... that have the same... <coughs> have the same interest in decentralization, right? Because that's the thing about Bitcoin. It can't be centralized. All these new cryptos and the government cryptos, which you're talking about doing, changing our currency into a digital currency, that would that would solve none of the problems about a centralized authority and a federal and a you know a, a Fed and all that. It, it, it you know wouldn't solve that problem, but Bitcoin does solve that problem. So Bitcoin and any other crypto who is modeled that way, um, in my opinion, will survive. All of the other ones will not. Yeah, I hope that if they try to introduce like a digital currency, the government digital currency, I hope it fails. Also, you know, I hope oh, it, yeah. it'll fall just like all the others. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I would hope so too. With the uh, the central, did central bank digital currency, um, I am not convinced that Bitcoin won't fail either. You know, like I think uh, I, I there's a part of me that like wants to be optimistic about crypto. Hmm. There's another part of me that just doesn't understand what makes it valuable. Yeah, that's that's that. I'm with you. I just uh, I mean, and there, but people will be like, oh, well, that's the same thing with with fiat currency. No, what makes fiat currency valuable is that that's what everyone uses everywhere. Yep. You know, um, yes, it's like I guess kind of imaginary. You know, it's just paper, and the paper doesn't really mean a whole lot. You right, know. Right. Um, but that being said, I can go buy, you know, an egg McMuffin with my dollar fifty. I can't do that with Bitcoin. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a hundred percent a hundred percent solid point. I think that all of the problems that fiat currency has, Bitcoin solves. But what fiat currency the perception of fiat currency is that it's backed by gold, even though that's not the case. Most people believe that, that, that our currency has some value because it's backed by something that has value. Um, so at least that perception is there. And what, what argument do you make about Bitcoin in that way? What argument do you make? You say that it's, uh, it's, it's got, there's a finite sum 
and it caught it costs um, something to mine them right so they're worth as long as there's a market for it they're worth whatever it costs to mine them because I can turn around and sell it to you and save you the time and effort it takes to mine them so you can see well there's some value there but it's really money man because when you when you first set up this system to start mining Bitcoin there's no value there you know strange but I, but I do think that, that that's a fair criticism to say that our currency today has the same problem yeah it's not backed by anything it's entirely true but it is backed by the full faith and credit of public opinion yeah of yeah. of the entire world of the entire world yeah yeah so and that's, that's something that's something but it's an interesting psychological question because it's like if in reality the dollar bills are worth the paper they're printed on and the consensus of the of the world makes them worth you know whatever they're worth then the value comes from what people grant it it's like all we have to do is agree it's valuable and we're going to pretend it's valuable and it is it's amazing it's pretty crazy uh, then there's stuff that's valuable because it's you know you do shit with it yep. you know yep like uh, cotton you know yeah man let's talk about gold for a minute let's talk about gold <laughs> so gold gold is one of these things that you can't do things with you know and uh, some of the stuff that we've learned about gold like we knew we've known for since ancient times that it's an uncorruptible metal and that's cool that's what sets it apart from other metals and it's shiny and pretty to look at it is and it's rare and hard to get and it's like because people like the way it looks and because there's a finite amount of it and it doesn't deteriorate somehow it becomes currency you know it's baffling yeah it's like is it really just the fact that it's pretty and hard to get kind of is man yeah it's kind of like that with women too it's like what's the most valuable woman when you're trying to get a mate the one that's pretty and hard to get you bet your ass it is that's the one you want man yeah not the one that's ugly and and easy to get ugly and easy to get sometimes yeah. But not for the long There's long. a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for fool's gold, my friend. That's true. That's an innuendo of sorts. An innuendo? I couldn't spell it, but yep, there it is. Vocabulary word. I didn't know you spoke French. <laughs> you learned something, man. What else you got, Kyle? No, I mean, you were talking about the election, you know, how you don't... Well, you weren't talking about the election. You were talking about not having faith in elections. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this this election? We haven't really been able to talk about that. Um, well, uh, same thing I thought about the last election. It, it wasn't the result that I expected almost anywhere. Um, it, and I, my perception is that the population agrees with me more than what the elections proved. So that means one of two things. There's still fuckery going on with the election, significant fuckery, and that could be the case. Or people don't agree with me as much as I think they do, and that could be the case. 
and I don't know which it is, but the lack of transparency makes it impossible for me to know which it is, and so I still can't trust the results. Yeah. Now, if the Democrats would have, in the last uh, few seats, taken a majority in the House, I never would have voted again. Because, because it's impossible, it's in, in my mind, and again, maybe I'm wrong, Maybe there's a bunch of people who aren't as frustrated with the with the left and the extreme progressive stuff that's happening. Maybe there aren't as many liberals that are thinking, fucking enough's enough. But it seems to me like that's the case for the majority of the country. Maybe I'm wrong. And it's very disappointing if I'm wrong. But it's not as disappointing as the idea that the elections might be being fucked with. And I can't rule it out. And that is a danger. The news and the, and the, and the uh, establishment government that should be their number one concern. Restore people's faith in the elections. Because if we don't have a say in a democratic government, then we don't have a democratic government. And that is a problem. That is a problem that most people in this country would revolt against. You're gonna take you're gonna take the power back from us, the voters in, in this republic? No. And they're trying to do that, it seems, at least there's a at least there's a perception that they're trying to do that bit by bit, in the dark, behind the scenes, with the su- popular support of, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. Do you think I'm super, super far off engaging the pulse of the, of the citizens of the country? Or do you think... It's hard to say. It's just corruption beyond belief. It's really hard to say. I, I think that more and more people are starting to become... Like irritated with the progressive stuff. That being said, I don't know. I don't know how many of them. I don't know how much they care. You know, it's. I don't know. I don't know either, man. It's uh. I do think that um. I, I don't know. I I feel like things are starting to change. That's how I feel. But I don't. I'm with you. I don't know. It's well, just impossible to know. We had that segment a couple weeks ago where I made a list of the things in the news that seemed to be supporting that the tide is turning, and we went through the list, and then the elections happened, and the results were nothing. So it's like we're seeing the tide turning, but when it comes down to brass tacks, I don't see the uh, effects of it. Yeah, and that makes me think there's something going on that I yeah. can't trust. <clears throat> the guy from the Daily Wire, Michael Knowles, he had uh, he said something that I thought was interesting. He said that there was a red wave in all of the states where, in between the last presidential election and now, where they took voting integrity seriously and like you know like made efforts to not have that fuckery. Mm. I mean, here we got the, that guy J.D. Vance. Mm-hmm. He, you know, uh, a lot of the states where the Republicans were able to, you know, fortify election integrity, they they had success. A lot of these states where they weren't able to, they're having all kinds of trouble. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And the early the early voting stuff is very questionable. You know, you you get you get these lefties that come out and say, "Don't you think old people?" Don't you think crippled people, don't you think, you know, disadvantaged people should be given more opportunity to cast their vote so that they're not excluded? And if you're if you're not an, if you're 
not an asshole, right? You're going to be like, of course, I want to give grandma more time. I want to, I, she, doesn't, she shouldn't have to wait in line in the cold or whatever. It's like if you're compassionate, that's what you would say. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in certain places, they've got 50 plus days of early voting and nobody has any idea how much fuckery is going on, you know? If you can't bring your ass out to stand in the line, you don't get to vote. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I I get that that sounds harsh to, to, like, some people who can't do it, but I don't care, you know? Like, um, yeah, no, I don't. You being able to cast your vote is not worth people being able to hijack the entire thing, you know? 100%. 100%. Cost-benefit analysis, the risks are way outweigh, seemingly. I don't... I'm not a huge fan of all these people voting in the first place, if we're being perfectly honest about it. I mean... um, I've seen, in our lifetime, the Get Out and Vote campaigns, the MTV MTV campaigns. When we were kids, that was Get Out and Vote. Get Out and Vote, liberal. Get Out and Vote, Democrat. Get Out and Vote. You know, that was what it was. And then... and, And now you've got people like Pelosi. And, by the way, in... Is it Canada or is it New Zealand? I think it's in New Zealand. You have Nancy Pelosi and the Prime Minister of New Zealand pushing to lower the voting age to 16, <laughs> claiming claiming that it's discriminatory not to. Yeah. Discriminatory against kids, man. If you if you if the only way you can become elected is by bringing immigrants in and bribing them for their votes and getting dumb 16-year-olds with zero life experience and an underdeveloped brain to vote for you, Something is wrong, and you have to you have to admit that. They say that uh, one of the reasons they give for what happened with this past election is that the uh, the younger people like really came out and voted this time, and they voted Democrat. I know, man. I didn't vote, so you know. No, you should have. Yeah, <clears throat> I voted. I'm sure, my one vote would have made a huge difference. Circle back to JD Vance for a second. Yeah. So he was he was up against Tim Ryan. Yeah, Democrat. Who's a? And if you saw Tim Ryan's yard signs, it's all about workers first. Yeah. You know, that's what his thing. He's a labor guy, which is like, it's strange to me. If you're a Democrat and you run on a labor pr- platform today, it's like, dude, man, it's like, to me that sounds like dude, man. the most old-fashioned shit I can imagine. Yeah. You're pretending like that fucking matters anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's like working conditions are fine and pay is fine. This is not 1920. There's not child labor going on. You gotta go out here and say labor first. What you mean is, you know, if you're a fucking union member, I'm gonna give you the biggest pension possible. That's just another bribe. Trying to look like a fucking blue collar guy. Go ahead. All I wanted to say about Tim Ryan is that every one of his TV ads were, were negative ads against J.D. Vance. And that's all you need to know as far as I'm concerned. Watch the TV ads. If somebody is doing only negative ads or mostly negative ads, they're not a noble person. <laughs> That's everything you need to know. If, noble. Right. You think... I mean... I just don't think that... I, I just don't think that either side is noble, you know? I just don't think of any of them as noble. The difference between saying, here's what I have in mind for the future of the state, this, so these are the kind of things that I value and will push for, and somebody else saying, you wouldn't believe this other guy. He's a schmuck because of See, it. No, X, y, I don't Z. know. I kind of like that. 
I do kind of like that, to be honest with it's you. It's because you're a fucking troll and a contrarian. No, man. There's something that is more... Like... What's the word I'm Effective? looking for? Inspiring. By a negative ad? Yes. Inspi- inspiring in what way? Inspiring your emotions. Yeah. Inspiring your your anger, mostly. Sure. <clears throat> but what if that's valid? Even if it's valid, it's it's less valuable than telling me what you want to do. What do you want to do? What know. are your values? It's like this, man. When I... I don't know that that's true. I think that people are motivated a lot by the things that they don't like. And... I agree with you, and I think that it's wrong. I think that it's wrong. I think people who do that are wrong. Yeah, those, pe- those people shouldn't be allowed to vote. If you're going to vote off your emotions, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. And that's every college kid. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure that I. That's how I feel about it. I. I don't think that it's all just like stupid college kids who. It's not. It's effective to. To sell things to them that way. See, but you're, you're, you're looking at this about being effective and selling it. And that's the goal of getting elected. I, I agree with you. Yeah. But it's not noble. It's like if I'm... I just don't. If yeah. I'm... If we keep talking about there being two different types of people or two different strategies, the J.D. Vance strategy was the, was the noble strategy. The Tim Ryan strategy was the, to, to defame and undermine him. That's a cheater as far as I'm concerned. Somebody who gets votes by smearing somebody else is a cheater in my eyes. Does it, does I mean, I don't sense? like Tim Ryan, Tim Ryan, but um, I just don't. I think that I, 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 I guess I'm just being more pragmatic about it. When you're running <coughs> for political office, you do what is effective. And obviously, Tim Ryan didn't do that because he fucking lost. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there is something that is. I mean, it's how Trump won. Yeah. Like, it's part of how Trump won, is just, like, shitting on people. Yep. So. Not not noble. Yeah, I don't care about being noble. I don't want noble. I want effective. So I was having this little image pop in my head of a fight uh, at school when I was a kid. And, you know, it's like people instigate a little bit sometimes from the outside. And then you get a whole big group of people going, ooh, and the other person feels like they got to defend their honor, and next thing you know, you're fighting. Uh, That, like, bellowing, ooh, from all the fucking chimpanzees standing around, uh, you know, trying to irk on people to fight, or whatever the word is, uh, to to me, that's like this, like what you described. It evokes emotion, and it makes people act irrationally, against their better judgment. These people didn't want to fight, you know? The, the crowd made it happen by playing on their emotions and persuading them to, you know, to behave a certain way. And that is not noble, man. It's not noble. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, I, I, I compare that to like the Salem witch trials and people standing around burning witches. What, it's not noble, man. It's like, what are you doing? And that's what I, like, every one of those examples, the, the kids uh, trying to get the other kids to fight, you know, uh, working on their emotions, the Salem witch trials, people standing around watching a fucking 16-year-old girl burn to death for no reason, and Tim Ryan with his goddamn smear ads, same, same exact scenario. Yeah. It's, it's dishonorable, man. 
Yeah. And do you want someone govern, governing you that's dishonorable? And half the fucking country says yes. You know? I just don't think that we have... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that you have another option, you know? That's so sad to me. Yeah. I would never win a political office. I, I could never do it. I couldn't. Yeah. I, because too many people... I would never stoop low like that. And too many people would, would agree with the other guy. And it's fucking a tragedy to me. I just wish people watched those smear ads and, and said to themselves, this guy is, is dishonorable. I could never vote for him. I, everyone should do that. I don't care if it's, if, if, if it's the Republican, if it's the Democrat, if it's the Libertarian, who it is. If somebody's doing that, I just want us to all agree, we're going to make a promise right now, if you run a smear campaign ad, we will not vote for you, fucking full stop. If the world did that, the world would be a better place, man. Yeah. Be a world with fewer cuckoo birds. Whatever cuckoo birds, whatever they're called, cuckoo. I don't know what it is. Crazy people? No, no, just pe literal manipulators. Just oh. pe people that live off other people. Is that what a cuckoo bird is? Yeah, those are the birds that. Those oh, are the birds they go that into lay, the other people's nests. They go into the other nests and lay their eggs and say, "Raise my kids, I'm out of here." Got yep. it. Got it. Yeah. Got me all fired up. Yeah, you are getting all worked up. And again, I think this is another example of my naivety because I think people, I think maybe maybe most people feel like this and maybe they learn and they change their mind over a course of time. That's what's happening to me, but I'm just naive anyway. I think people are mostly like me and I am wrong about that. Every time I feel confident that people are mostly like me, I'm wrong. Yeah. So... I just want to see how the if maybe this manifests itself in a different way with you. If uh, like let's say 2024 gets here, we have the presidential election. Let's say that it's let's just say that it's Trump and Biden again, okay? Um, Trump wins. Mm -hmm. Do you want Trump to do things that would piss you off if a Democrat did it? No. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah. however, is tit for tat dishonorable? So, like, let's say I run a smear campaign against you, and you run, and so you had all, all your campaign ads up till then were positive about what I'm going to do. You run a smear ad, then I turn around and run one on you. Is that dishonorable? Is it as dishonorable? You know, is it better somehow? I don't know. I think it's weird. I think it's hard to think about because we're talking about it in terms of a campaign. I think that what I'm talking about is executive orders, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you want a Republican to do that kind of stuff? No. But I, I'll tell you what, I, what doesn't rub me the wrong way. Maybe it should. All the, all the uh, Senate hearings and the... Uh, Lawsuits and all the stuff that we saw against Trump for the last several years, just one after the next, after the next, after the next. I would like to see the left punished for that. Yeah. I, I would like to see litigation brought against those people in a similar manner and drag them through the mud in a similar manner and waste their time and money in a similar manner and show them, and the only way that maybe will be effective, being on the other side of that. 
I, I just think that they need to have their butts spanked like a child. And I don't know how else to restore sanity to, to political dialogue or social dialogue because it's breaking down. It's scary and it's fucking breaking down. And that brings me to Trump and DeSantis. Let's talk about that. DeSantis is get, it seems to be gaining steam, and I don't know if it's that he's trying to or if it's that the public wants him to. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like DeSantis. Um, if I was going to pick someone... You know, out of the potential candidates that we know of now, if I was going to pick someone to be the 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 person that was running, I would I would pick Ron DeSantis, um, mainly because there's not. I think that on the things that he's good on, he's better than Trump on, and on the stuff that he's bad on, Trump is just as bad on them. So, you know, what do you what do you see DeSantis? <coughs> what do you see DeSantis's biggest weaknesses or or the, where? The public will take issue with him most. Well, the independent voters. It's going to be interesting, man, because in the primary portion of it, the media is going to be like kind of on board for Santos, you know, because he's going to be going up against Trump. A lot of these people are going to be picking him over Trump. True. Um, Every news network will be picking DeSantis over Trump. Yeah. Because and, and but then once it gets to the general, they're gonna completely flip, and you know they're gonna start supporting who you know Hillary or whoever the fuck is running. Who the nominee is, yeah. yeah. So that will be interesting. I assume we're gonna have more people in the mix than just uh, DeSantis and Trump, but they definitely seem to be the outliers at the moment. And there are significant advantages to picking DeSantis over Trump, strictly because you get over all of this nonsense noise that's been happening. The media has been filled with since Donald Trump's first uh, first election run. Um, it's been nothing but a smear campaign and nothing but you know just chants of bigotry and racism and all the dis- it just there's there's a way of getting around all of that noise by going in a different direction and I think there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that that want that. Um, I don't know if it's the best. It's the best idea, but I think that's what we're going to see in the beginning, and it, it'll be interesting to see if somebody else rises through the ranks to challenge the popularity of those two candidates, and it will be interesting to see running mate choices, whether it be Trump or DeSantis, who they would choose to run with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because no way Trump can use um, Pence again, because because Pence turned out to be Trump's enemy. I mean, he's supposed to be his right-hand yeah, man, and he's... Stabbed him in the back. He's the, yeah, he didn't support him. At two, Brute. Yeah. So you can't pick that guy. Yep. Who's he pick? What if DeSantis picks Pence? <clears throat> what if DeSantis picks Trump, and Trump decides, I'll run as the vice president? I don't Not care. in a million fucking years. <laughs> it would never happen. Um, one of the things that really stands out to me with this... Trump and DeSantis, particularly Trump talking shit about Ron DeSantis. Oh, yeah. There are things that I like about Trump. Overall, I'm not a fan of Trump, man. If you value conservative ideas, Trump doesn't give a fuck about the things that you value. Mm-hmm. What Trump gives a fuck about is, like, winning in this, like, game of chess, you yep. know, looking good. Yep. Um, it's like uh, in Pennsylvania... 
the that race between Fetterman and Oz. If he gave a fuck about conservative values, he would not have endorsed Oz. Oz is a fucking Democrat. He certainly couldn't couldn't endorse Fetterman, right? No, but he could have endorsed the other Republican in the primary. Mm-hmm. You know, don't endorse Oz because he's a fucking celebrity. Yeah, uh, which is the only reason Trump did it. He's like, oh, I, this guy's been on fucking TV with me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but somebody who's been on TV is likely to get lots of people to vote for him. You know. So what? So that so that he can go into the Senate and start voting for to trans the fucking kids. He was talking about transing kids like ten in like positive ways. He was. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah, like Doctor Oz. Like ten years ago, dude. Fuck Doctor Oz. And like like two weeks ago, he was like talking about being positive for abortion. I mean, he's not conservative. Hmm. So, um, but then to attack Ron DeSantis like I mean I understand that it, it, at a certain point they're running against each other in a primary and they're gonna have to but I just feel like he doesn't need to be doing it right now no. I just feel like there's no need for it yeah I agree and especially because Ron DeSantis isn't like taunting um, Donald Trump you right. know and if Trump was smart there's a lot of things he would borrow from Ron DeSantis yeah. you know in policies policy wise you know yeah uh, it's interesting man We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to vote in 2024 or not. I probably will, but I like to bitch and say I won't, that I might not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably will. I'll probably vote. Do you think that uh, that the Dems are going to run Biden again? I... I don't know. I, if I had to put my money on it, I would say probably not. I think that towards the end, um, they're going to find some reason not to, and it's not going to be hard to find one. Are they positioning anybody, like Buttigieg or somebody? Are they positioning anybody? They don't have anybody, man. Mm. I mean, they're probably trying to position Beto O'Rourke. They're probably going to try to get him in there. Mm. Um, Who who do they have? Like, who are their, the standouts? I mean, I would say... Stacey Abrams? I would say you could um, <clears throat> that you couldn't run somebody like AOC. Uh, maybe she's too young, um, but you could. You, I would say you couldn't. No, run she s- she could run this this time. Okay, so I would I would say you couldn't run her because she doesn't have the experience. But Barack Obama won in a landslide. And yeah. He didn't have the experience. Yeah. So, but I, I think, think she's too polarizing. I think it's a poor choice, but yeah. you know, um, who do they have? I think. They're, they're going to have to, like, it's going to have to be, like, The Rock or Oprah or something, you know? But, you know, it's funny it's funny you say that because it, if someone like The Rock were to run, there's, like, a tremendous advantage to a public figure like that with his kind of personality Huge and his dick. kind of work ethic. Hog, like a police <laughs> baton. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if we get to the point where, where we're running celebrities and we're, like, competing with each other about which public, you know, personality we can get up, up there, we're we are this far away from idiocracy. Yeah, and we kind of already are. Yeah. I like it, though. Brondo. It's kind of what plants grave. Uh, oh, boy. You know, ignorance is bliss, you know? Maybe if we live in a, just a fucking stupid, retarded world, maybe things will just be fun, you know? Yeah, maybe. They're all going to fall apart, man. Maybe. It's depressing. It is depressing. We should talk about something else. 
what else what you, you got? got? What do you want to talk about? Ice cream. I saw a picture of uh, Daniel Torden on Twitter today, and he uh, still uh, down under. He's still down under. You know, putting shrimps on the barbies and all that. He's down there doing that. Uh, I, I just saw a picture of him on Twitter. He was, I guess, he was eating breakfast or something with Marielle, and he he put the spoon on his nose, and the spoon was hanging from his nose. And she was just saying how cute it was, and it's, it's just adorable, man. It's Pretty adorable cool. to be that, that, that they're having this adventure at this point uh, in their lives, and that uh, it looks just like it would look if they were, you know, nineteen. It's adorable. Yeah. Maybe a few more gray hairs. A couple more gray hairs. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to talk to, to talk to him about it and see how it goes. Yeah, man, it's exciting. That is awesome. I'm happy for him. Couldn't be. happen to a better guy, Could a better be. a better bloke, yeah, as they yeah. say. Yep. I think. Do they say that in England or do they say that in Australia? Lucky, luckily, either way, it's appropriate. They definitely say bloke in England. They say bloke in England. But Daniel prefers mate. Does he say mate? Yeah. All right. Which, yeah. Which which I think is cool. I got to try to work that in, but it's not natural for Americans. I like cunt. Cunt, Listen here, yeah. you cunt. Yeah, good. That's good too. That's what I'm gonna call you from now on. How often do we say, "You cunt"? Hello, hello, friend. Listen here, friend. We don't say that, but they they say hello, mate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We don't we don't use it like that. Say hey, buddy. Yeah, I guess so. That can sound kind of con- condescending, though. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. So I'm not your buddy guy. <laughs> not your buddy guy. <laughs> Uh, buddy uh, Guy is a good guitarist. Uh, my brother, when he was in town, yeah, he was raving about uh, uh, Theo Vaughn's new stand-up. Yeah, and he said he just he just been listening to his podcast like crazy, and the guy is just hysterically funny, man. Do you know Theo Vaughn? Yeah. Do you, you don't know Theo Vaughn? Pod- oh yeah, yeah. But do you listen to his podcast or sometimes? I think I've seen like maybe a special, and I've seen him on Rogan. And whenever he's on Rogan, he's fucking hilarious. He just says the craziest shit, man. He just says like the weirdest, craziest shit. Uh, one time he was talking about being so hungry because he was fasting that he thought that he could have, if no one was looking, he could have eaten this little Vietnamese person that was in in the Best Buy with him. And then he was talking about how he thinks that Vietnamese people are, are like more forgiving, and they wouldn't mind if you ate one of their relatives. <laughs> So Rogan was like, you think that they wouldn't mind if you ate, like, their brother or sister? He's like, I think they'd be pretty pissed off. And he's like, I don't know, man. I think that they're just more easygoing. And Rogan was like, well, I know that uh, in in Vietnam, they're, like, less mad about the war. Like, they really don't care. You know, they're they're happy to have uh, Americans there. And Theo Vaughn's like, exhibit A. (laughs) So fucking funny, man. My brother was trying to do it. He was trying to tell me the skit without knowing it well. Yeah. Whatever got him, and he said that uh, Theo Vaughn started. He talked. He brought up the Beatles, and then he starts naming them, but he starts naming all the all the um, all the apostles. It's like oh, yeah. you know, the Beatles. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Luke. Paul. Mark. And he's like, what? What's the other ones? Ringlet. What's the other <laughs> name? Ringlet. That's pretty funny. And so the question about Theo Vaughn is with his style, is that part of what makes him so funny? is the idiocy of the things that come out of his mouth, but also the like poetry of it and the cleverness of it. Yeah. And the question is, is Theo Vaughn a genius who puts on this front of being dumb and being funny accidentally, or is it intentional? Is I think it's that intentional. Yeah. Is that good? I think so. He might be, man. I don't think good. it's necessarily that good to be to be honest with you. Like I like Theo Vaughn, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's like a, gra- a like earth-breaking comedian or anything. It's me. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's intentional. Like, I don't think the... Uh, 
I don't think that Theo Vaughn is just some like weird fuck. I think he is weird, you know, but I don't think that that's all there is to it. I think that he is it is performative. He's doing it intentionally. He's a he's a good funny performer. Yeah. Uh, who I'm sure also is just like kind of a weird guy. Um, you ever watch Mark Normand? No, I don't think so. You should. He's funny yeah. as fuck. Yeah. You know, you know, in the old days, you used to have like uh, ethnic comics. You you'd have like what well, trying to think of what that guy's name was. He might have been Vietnamese, but he'll he's like half white, half Asian. I can't remember the guy's name. Kind of weird looking. Joe Coy. That's the one, I think. He but he would go up there and he would do his mom's accent. You know, is he a bald guy? Bald guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Joe. Okay, yeah. You go up there and he'll do the little Asian lady accent, and it's okay for him to do it because he's Asian and it's his mom. You know, uh, why am I telling you this story? Dude, I'll throw an Asian accent out there with the best. Oh, of them. I was. That's about. It was about Theo Vaughn. Sorry. So, he he'll do like a spot on Asian accent, and what he says doesn't need to be a punchline because what the way he says it is getting everyone laughing. Yeah. Now, Theo Vaughn is from the South somewhere. I don't know where. Louisiana. Okay. I wonder if it's just putting on that Louisiana thing. It's kind of a similar effect as the doing the Asian accent. It's the accent that's funny. Gotcha. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's not funny. I just it adds to it. Yeah. There's something to that. Because... Southern people sound stupid is what you're saying. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Only certain Southern people sound stupid. But they definitely sound stupid. And I'm not going to pick which states those accents are from because I don't want to disenfranchise the two tongues audience down there, you know. True. But There's... I will say that the Charlotte accent is far, far better than the than the Kentucky accent. Fuck you. Shout man. out to Kentucky, Bluegrass State. I love Kentucky. You uh, should love Southern Kentucky. Kentucky. Is some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen. I'm it's not beautiful. well traveled, but it is some of the most beautiful country. Just I've ever drove seen. through there recently, my well, not recently, recently, but yep. you know, like in the summer. Drove down to Tennessee, then back up. Sorry to change subjects, you brought up Tennessee. You know what I just learned the other day that blew my mind? What? The Titans head coach is Mike Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel was a former Buckeye yeah. who was a standout, who was an awesome. The last time I who saw, was an awesome? He was an awesome. <laughs> the, last, the last time I saw Mike Vrabel, he was coaching alongside alongside Urban Meyer for the Buckeyes. He was uh, one of the co- coaching staff. Yeah. Now he's a head coach in the NFL, and he's doing great. And I'm like, I did. How did I miss that? I missed it too. So Cor- Corey is shaking his Corey head. Corey didn't right miss it. Yeah, no. no way. Corey and Colin both definitely knew. It's Colin big on the Buckeyes too, like Corey. Oh yeah, they both went to the game yesterday, oh, which man, it's a fucking bummer, dude. Ohio State, Michigan, uh, didn't go our way. Didn't. Um, first half looked really good. Very excited. Very excited. About seven, I didn't watch any of it. Nothing. Nothing. I turned it off. Like, dude, the fourth quarter was a disaster for us. Yeah. A disaster. I kept checking the score, and the score just kept going up. You could see the momentum building when that happens. It's kind of interesting to see. But it's like one play works, and then the next play works, and the next play works. And by that time, them. you're like, no! Then they were like touchdowns and interceptions every time you turn around. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. So, so we're not. So we're gonna miss out on the Big Ten championship, and we will end up playing a bowl, lesser bowl game. You know. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. I, I always want the Buckeyes to do well. Um, and honestly, my family. So basically, the point I'm getting at is, ten years ago. When the Buckeyes lost, 
it sucked being at my house with my family. Like, yeah. they get so, they take it so fucking seriously. Like it's a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> and it just sucked. But it's not really like that anymore. They, they, you know, they still get upset, but. See, it's one of those things that I like to say I grew out of. Yeah. Because I used to get so animated and heated. I would throw things, you remember. I would yell, I would throw things, I would, I would punch pillows. I, I would get really upset when we were doing poorly when I was a teenager. And it didn't really wear off. Until like after I started having kids, like I, I, I couldn't even really watch it in my late twenties. I like to have to turn it off because I would get way too stressed. My heart, my blood pressure would be up. My heart would be, would be racing. It was just like not worth it. Yeah. And I then I found ways of managing that, and I like to think that I got older and got more control over myself. But again, going back to the earlier conversation, maybe just the chemicals, man. The chemicals between us. Mm. Who sings that? It's Bush, I think. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Grunge. Um, I went and saw Emery. Oh, yeah. Let's hear about that. It was a very, very cool show. It was an acoustic acoustic concert at a coffee shop. And I told you, but I'll tell the audience, you might wonder why Emery, if you know the band... You don't. (laughs) You don't know the band. The band is a a screamo band, um, but they've been making music solidly since the early 2000s, the very early 2000s. And um, the guys, the one lead singer's got like a very good voice, like a very operatic voice. They both do, but the one of them screams, you know, and it's a great, it's one of my favorite kinds of screams. There's different kinds of screams out there, and I don't, you know, I don't like metal screams mostly. I don't like guttural screams, but there are certain screams I like, and this guy does a really good job. So that's the kind of music you would not expect to hear at a coffee shop, and that's where we saw it. Yeah, dude, you're just moshing there with your macchiatos. Everybody, it ended up being an acoustic set. The whole band wasn't there. It was just the two guys, and they they were doing their like layered vocals, their harmonies. It was great, and they were asking questions to the audience. There was like 40, 50 people there at a coffee shop, and in between songs, they would just talk to us, which was cool, man, really cool. And um, they said that, uh, oh, I asked them about the layered vocals and the harmony. I'm like, well, like there are some bands that do that from time to time, but there are very few bands that do that every single song, and I love it I'm like what was the inspiration for doing that both of these guys I was expecting like some kind of a long explanation examples of bands that influenced them they were like we grew up in you know in the church singing southern gospel music and that's how they sing southern gospel music and I'm like as soon as he said it I'm like that makes perfect sense but it's not the answer I expected it's not the answer I wanted, actually, yeah. but it's really cool, man, that they picked up that style that translates in this awesome rock way that only Emory does. I don't know anybody else who does music like that, and they picked it up from singing gospel music together growing up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Where are they from? Um, down south somewhere. Where did they say they were from? Down oh, south. Oh, it might have been one of the Carolinas or something. I don't remember, but the guy had a really thick, a really thick southern accent, which I also didn't expect. He was also eating barbecue, so that was a dead yeah, giveaway. He had a he had a uh, what is it called a little apron on plastic apron. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say a wife beater. No, they did hit a deer on the way to, on the way into town, nice. which is a funny story. But I, I skipped the part about why they were singing at a coffee shop. Yeah, you did. So they're singing at a coffee shop <clears throat> in the middle of nowhere, and it turns yeah. out turns out the guy that owns the coffee shop is uh, the lead singer of Hawthorne Heights. Oh. And that guy... Ohio's for lovers. That guy put his, money, put his money where his mouth is. 
because he stayed in his hometown. And he bought that coffee shop with his, I guess, with his music earnings. And uh, now he's participating in the local economy. And it's a little, small town. Yeah. You know, it's not the place you'd expect. I don't know if calling him a rock star is appropriate anymore. But at some one point, at one point in time, yeah. rock star. Yeah, dude. For him, to, for him to settle down, you know? It's cool, man. It's really, really fun. The interaction with the band was really cool. It was like a matinee. And the guy said, he's like, look, you know, I'm like 45 years old. And he's like, all you guys are basically my age. I think you would appreciate if we got home at a reasonable hour. So the concert started at three o'clock in the afternoon. Jeez, you guys, uh, you guys had to travel down there a little ways for it, didn't you? It was like a three-hour-plus drive for us. Yeah. So it's a good thing it started that early. <laughs> yep. And my cousin was there at the concert, which was cool. Yeah. It was like forty people there at this obscure concert. I show up. There's a member of my family. You there. had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. That's, that's funny. But I hadn't seen her in ages. It was nice to see her. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Another thing, uh, when Josh came down and uh, saw the studio when he was here, is I told him about the um, putting the podcast on YouTube, and even though I told him about it, he he didn't remember. He was like, "Oh, that's so cool," you know. It is cool. He wants to uh, he wants to come live here and be our Jamie. <laughs> he wants to learn how to control the uh, cameras and uh, look up shit for us and be that guy. He's gonna. This is gonna be his room. Yeah, it's gonna be his room. I have to pull out a I'll get like one of those. One of those beds that fold down. It's going to be like Harry Potter down here. Yeah. 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 What else, man? What else? There was something else I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it is, though. It's like slipping my mind. I should have written it down. Yeah, definitely. I put paper over there on the other chair for you. No, this is like before I even got here. Um, You said your little brother was contemplating starting a podcast also? Yeah, wrestling podcast. So, yeah, does he, like, have equipment, or does he have any idea what he's going to do? I really don't know what they're doing, yeah. It's him and one of his friends. They're figuring it all out, you know. Good for them, man. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, man. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Not in your mind. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't know, man. I'm going hunting again on Wednesday. Yeah? Yeah. Going hunting for... shotgun season. Oh. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Because you go down... Why? Because you're, hunt, you're hunting... Oh, you're afraid of getting shot yeah, accidentally. afraid of getting shot. Okay, yeah. I see. We're hunting public land. You never know who's going to be there. People who don't usually hunt will go out and hunt during gun season because it's... Easier. Easier. Your chances of success are better. And... Uh, so you get the amateurs out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I'm one of those amateurs. But, uh, you know, I'm responsible. I can't trust other people to be responsible. So True. I just got to wear lots of orange as I'm shuffling through the woods at 5 o'clock in the morning when it's still very dark and you can't see, you know, That's what you're shooting at. It's definitely going to make it less likely that the the deer sees you being decked out in all that orange. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, deers are orange blind. That's what I heard. Yeah, they can't see orange for shit. They just climb up a tree high enough, they won't see you. Yeah. I tell, I'm telling you, man, I, one of these days, I'm going to kill a deer... <laughs> By falling out of a tree, <laughs> double wielding style. daggers, and just gonna take it and you know take it out on the neck. Yep. Then I'm gonna eat its liver. Speaking of predator, predator, right? Yeah. The the new I don't one. Know. The new one. Did you see it? No. All right. Isn't it a TV show? Maybe it's a TV show. My brother was raving about it. Yeah. He was telling me all about. I the, haven't watched any of it. I think it's a. I think it's a series, a TV show. I don't. I don't know what service it's on. You watching anything else other than? Uh... No, 
I watched a couple episodes of Ancient Apocalypse. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. I haven't, yeah. got, I haven't finished the whole thing yet. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, it is good. Yeah. It's about what you'd expect. Yeah, it's, that's, that's why I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. It's like, I I know all this information, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, there's some stuff in it that's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, it's also like a little watered down in terms of, like, a lot of that material. Um, yeah. Ancient Aliens is beaten to death. There's like 18 seasons of Ancient Aliens, and they just continue to beat to death yeah. the myster- mysterious They're, structures of the... They really world. only needed like three or four seasons, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Or three or four episodes. Yeah, maybe. But don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the imagery of Ancient Aliens. I love seeing... That's one thing I like about Ancient Apocalypse is the visual aspect of it is cool. Yeah. You know? It's very cool to see somebody walk through those uh, sites while they're talking about them and, uh, you know, showing you what's interesting about them. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Uh, a couple of the episodes in particular, but um, I've, I've watched it through twice already. So I'm, I'm a Graham Han- Hancock fan. Yeah. Graham Hancock's the man. I do. I have been listening to um, the lead singer of Tool. He's got a. Like an authorized biography. Okay. I've been listening to that. That's pretty good. I'm sure. Uh, that guy's been on Rogan a bunch. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Tool. Tool. Yeah. yeah. Best band ever. Yeah. It's this, yeah. We we did a we did an episode on Tool early in the early yeah. days. Yeah. Way yeah. back in the day. Way back in the day. That's it though. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, okay. What well, do I have? Anything else? Um, oh. Um, we saw two concerts. We saw, I told you we went and saw Emory, but we also saw the early November. Oh. And when we were there, he, the guy that opened for for uh, the early November was Venny Karuna, was the lead singer of the movie Life from back in oh, the day. Oh, okay. So uh, it was very cool to see him, and we met him. I got my picture taken with him and all that, like a fanboy. Uh, but you know, chatted with him because I loved that that second album, that, oh, yeah. that full length. Um, I think it was called Forty Hour Train Back to Penn or something like that. It's an awesome, awesome album. Then he did that band I Am the Avalanche, and it was okay, but it was like a long time in between, and it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. So after that concert, um, I looked up the movie Life because I wanted to buy that album on digital because I have it, but it's a CD from fucking 2001. I can't play it anywhere. So I went to go buy the digital, and I noticed that he, they put out another album in 2017 that I didn't even know about. So they went from like 2003 to 2017 before they released another album um, under that name. Anyway. Dynamite, man. Nice. It's just, just what you'd expect. Just another Movie Life album. It was awesome. Sweet. So there's that little bit of news if you want to check that out. I will check. I, li- I like the Movie Life, too. Yeah, man. Cool, man. Yeah, I think that's it, man. I don't know if I have much else. Nope, I don't. All right, in which case, I'll play the music. Adios. Adios.